It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the Bengals post-game edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Rick Brewing. After the Bengals lose to the New York Giants 19-17 to in Brandon Allen's debut as Bengals starting quarterback. And uh, Rick, I, I don't even know where to start because I didn't think Brandon Allen was awful. I didn't think he was great. Um, special teams almost wins the game for them. And yet here they are again, sitting on the 50 yard line and on the very first play, Brandon Allen fumbles looking for Tyler Boyd and got locked on to him. And there's just something to me. And I know this is probably wrong and it's an intangible. And I think I've talked about this before. There's just certain coaches that can coax you into wins. And there's just certain coaches that you just don't make the play for. And I don't know why that is. And maybe it's not fair. Maybe it's bad luck. Maybe it's dumb luck. Maybe it's no luck at all. But for whatever reason, he uh, Zach Taylor is now 0-12-1 in games decided by seven points or less. I'm not even going to do the one possession thing because they actually won a one possession game over Jacksonville earlier this year. But I'm going to do 0-12-1 in, in games decided by seven points or less. I, I, I hate it. There's something to that, right? Well, I didn't know we were going to start right there, but uh, I think that's probably the the actual story that everyone's talking about and the only worthwhile story to talk about right now. I mean, I let's face it. There are two things that this team could do that would make it interesting the rest of the way. They can fire Zach Taylor. And that's not going to happen until the end of the year at best. Right. Or they could do what we talked about on our weekly podcast this past week and actually play like Alex Erickson or someone like that at quarterback. <laughs> Those are the only two things that would make me actually interested to watch this team and then come on here and talk about them afterward the rest of the way. So, yeah, the, the Zach Taylor conversation is the only one that's probably that relevant. So you might as well start there. And I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I'm glad it sounds like you're coming around because I felt like I've been kind of on an island on the. I'm clearly in the boat of I've seen enough from Zach Taylor. I don't think he needs a third year. I know it. that may seem harsh for a guy that you handed over a, a, a franchise and said, we're in the middle of a rebuild and you're not even going to get three years to prove yourself. But I think I've seen enough. I think you're right. I think he's that's exactly what it is. He's not the type of coach that you make the plays for. He's not the type of coach that gets respect from players in the locker room. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to buy the latter part of that. I'm not. I'm just I'm just not. But, he's but, not the type of coach that is a boy wonder, offensive minded genius that can quarterback whisper and get the best out of these guys on offense and draw plays and do all this other stuff that he was brought in here to do. He's nothing. He's a zero. I mean, he's a, he's in over his head and never deserved this position to begin with. And that may seem harsh, but that's where I'm at. And I, I don't think there's anything you could do the rest of this season to prove otherwise to me. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm afraid that he might slip up and win a game or two and they might ruin their draft pick and prolong the inevitable firing. Of I, yeah, it's funny. I, I don't see that, Rick. I mean, I, I thought today was winnable. In fact, remember, I predicted the Bengals would win. So I this was this the was most winnable. winnable game left, especially yeah. when you factor in Colt McCoy Dallas, was playing quarterback. Dallas, too. I mean, Dallas is winnable because just because of all their injury issues and they're just. Oh, I'm, th- there's more winnable games left, but I'm saying this was the most winnable yeah, game maybe. left on the schedule with Colt. Yeah. When you factor in Colt McCoy was the one playing quarterback in the second. Right, right. I, you know, it's. Um, Again, I mean, did, did did Zach Taylor cause Brandon Allen to fumble? No. Did Zach Taylor cause Alex Erickson to not break the last tackle? And probably if he did, he was gone or at least down to the 30-yard line already in field goal range? No. But I think your point about the uh, – I don't agree with the – I'm not going to agree with the locker room stuff. I'm just not. But I, 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 that's, you know, that's apples and oranges. But um, 
I will say, you know, you had all hands on deck today other than your quarterback. And I know the quarterback's going to be great and he's been great, but the drop off from 400 yards and 30 points a game to 155 yards. And I mean, the offense scored 10 points. I'm not giving them credit for the kickoff return because they did nothing with that. That that sounds schematic. That seems schematic to me. It felt like every time Brandon Allen dropped back, there was no place for him to throw the football. And, and um, some of it's him. Some of it's, he locked on. There was a couple of times I looked out in the left flat and I'm like, Gio Bernard's over there, chief. If you'll just turn your head, just a hair, look over to the left side. Don't lock onto the right side. Okay. But some of it, I think is schematics. And you know, some of it, sometimes you got to swallow your pride and go, you know what? Right or wrong, I'm 422 and one as, as a play caller. Someone else needs to have a chance. Let's just see what this looks like. He just isn't going to do it. His ego won't let him do it, and that's a shame. At this point, though, if you're in his situation, I get coming from the standpoint of I'm going down anyway. I might as well go down swinging. I like, I'm not going to let hand it off to someone now when we're already probably on our way out the door, right? I get that. I, I'd want to go down giving it my best shot too, even if it's proven over time that it doesn't work. And it, I, as a competitor I, I, in your own mind, you're always going to think you can figure it out. Yeah, so. right or wrong, Matt, Matt Nagy gave it up in, in Chicago. I mean, he gave it up to Bill Lazor, the former was, Bengals offensive coordinator. It's not working out great. I was going to say, and as we do this podcast, they're down they're, by they're about getting, 31 points. They're so. getting housed, but some of it's Mr. Trubisky is just awful too. There's sure. that. But yeah, no, I mean. But I mean, he's but, in danger but, of losing his job as well. So. Right, but the point is he's in danger of losing his job and he swallowed hard and said, let me try this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's the only way to look at it. I'm just saying I understand the standpoint of I'm going, if I'm going down, I'm going to go down doing it myself from Zach Taylor's standpoint. I get that. But either way, I'm very concerned about the concept that the Bengals might give him a third year. And I think that would just be setting the whole process back even farther. And I think you brought up the point about the drop off between this team without Joe Burrow and this team with Joe Burrow. I think that kind of ties into the respect thing. I, you said it's apple to oranges. I disagree with that kind of because I think the type I thought of guys, guys played their ass. I thought the guys played their ass off, dude. I do. I, 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 mean, I, I mean, that's I, great. But I think the, the kind of guys you're talking about, like the, the guys you respect, whether it be coaches or look at Joe Burrow, for instance, you know, like Joe Burrow is the type of guy that made a difference in that locker room because guys believed in him. He had their respect. Um, and I'm not just, I'm not talking about the talking out of turn and, all the all the behind the scenes unnamed source stuff that's gone on the last two weeks. I'm talking about they believe in him when he's doing a rah rah speech at halftime, or he's he's yelling at them after Joe Burrow goes out of the game and trying to get them fired back up. No one buys into this stuff from Zach Taylor anymore. It's it's ridiculous. It sounds corny. No one believes it. You guys don't want to listen to it in his post game press conference. No, you're right about the that. players are buying that. And no. to me, that is a little bit of a respect thing. It's kind of like the Andy Dalton in the in the huddle stuff that we always used to make fun of, where you hear that voice of. Come on, guys. We worked so hard. This is what we worked for. Let's go out and get them. And you'd watch guys like roll, roll their eyes after they're leaving the huddle. It's like, then you see what happens with Joe Burrow. And it's a totally different respect factor there. I think the same thing's going on with Zach Taylor. No one's fighting for that guy. No one believes in him. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that guys are fighting for each other more than they're fighting for him, and that's fair. Well, they're um, professionals. They're paid to go out and play hard. I don't. To me, that's a little bit different than actually locking in and executing and and making plays with the game on the line. You know? No, I mean, you saw Tyler Boyd drop a ball. You saw AJ Green drop a ball. You saw uh, a couple of plays they could have made that they didn't make, and you know, I, it it does feel like a broken record. Um, it it, it I guess the unfortunate part is that that. Um, 
you know, I, I, I just would have loved to have seen what, what would this team have been without injuries, without guys, you know, some of the veterans giving up and quitting without maybe the coaching staff quitting on them. I mean, Gino Atkins is a turd. Carlos Dunlap was a turd. I mean, you got a bunch of those guys. It's so frustrating to watch Gino Atkins play when he doesn't care to play and you're trying to probably get rid of him and you got rid of Carlos. I mean, again, it, it, it still, it still goes back to the front office and I'm, I'm watching. It's funny. We were watching Mike Brown walk his laps around the stadium after the game was over. And, and, and a few of us were surmising what he was thinking. And I said, you know, I, I, I said, I'm, I'm going to guess he's thinking, how am I going to fire this guy when um, he's only had two years and I don't like to fire people, but I got to fire him, but how am I going to fire him? And yet this is all my fault. And so that's, that's what, I mean, th- th- it comes back to that. I, 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 I actually, I, deep down, I thought I'm walking, watching him walk around. And I thought, you know, what's funny. He's done this now for 53 years in this city and he hasn't done diddly squat. And so how does, how, I mean, it's your walk. Think about this though. He's an 80 year old man and you're at the end of your yeah. life. Right. And you're walking around what's going through his mind of, should I have done it differently? What could I have done differently? Why couldn't I have done it differently? Why couldn't I have made this work? And I'm really, I'm watching his heads down. He's walking around. It looked sad. He's wearing shorts, by the way, on a 50 degree day when it actually 50 degree night. Well, summertime Maybe, short pants, actually. Summertime, it looked like kind of summertime short pants. But I'm wondering what's going through his mind. Sir, and I mean this seriously. Is it, am I a failure? Is it, I don't care? Is it, I still know what I'm doing? What's going through that cat's mind, man? Do you think it registers with him like that, though? I do you don't think know. it's ever mattered to him like that from a football perspective, oh, a competitor uh, perspective, or do you think it's always been more of a business to him? No, I think it matters significantly. And, I, really? and my, my belief has always been this. And I've said that I said this, Rick, back when I was doing talk radio and I had Bengals people that lambasted me for it. But I believe this. I truly believe this. I believe he desperately wants to prove that he can do this because you know what? His father did it. Yeah. And I've said it before. I don't know what your dad did for a living. My dad worked for the airlines. Doesn't mean I know how to work for the airlines. My wife's dad was a plumber. Doesn't mean she's a plumber. Doesn't mean I can be a plumber. I mean, you know, I know Mike played football in college and there's a lot of guys that have played football in college that went on to be, do great things. There's a lot of guys that didn't play football in college and went on to do great things as a coach. And, you know, we've seen all those different scenarios. I think he has chased his father's ghost for a long period of his life. And now at the end of it, it's like, man, I never got this right. And it makes me sad. It makes me sad for the city. It makes me sad for the organization. And it makes me sad for him because I think he truly thinks I know what I'm doing because my father knew what he was doing. And here we are, dude, it is no coincidence in my opinion that Paul Brown senior or Paul Brown died uh, in, in 1991, the summer of 1991, after the Bengals played their last playoff game following the 1990 season, and they've not been to the playoffs since. I don't think that's a coincidence, Rick. I don't. I know that sounds weird. I just don't. The old man built two Super Bowl teams. He built them because he knew football. Kid don't. Kid don't know football. And I don't think a, a good owner necessarily has to know the sport that well. But no, they do but- if they're going to be as hands-on as the Browns. Yes. I mean, exactly. That's just a fact. And unfortunately, like you said, right. he has never really had a clue of what he's doing in terms of putting this thing together. And even at the, the times where they've seemed like they've tried to step aside and give more power to other people, it still, for whatever reason, just doesn't seem to quite work out for this organization. But, it still seems but that's the thing. Who, who, right. Who are the other people they've given it to? Duke Tobin? 
Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, exactly. Troy I mean, and Katie? Maybe Marvin Lewis had some say for a few years where things yes. did get a little bit better. But again, it's just never been enough. And they've still just had this black cloud hanging over them the entire time. It's it's brutal. I mean, it is brutal at this point. And on one hand, you have Joe Burrow sitting here and, you know, who knows what happens with his injury and everything. But we have to expect it with modern medicine being what it is yeah. that he comes back and is still a successful player. On one hand, you have that. And on the other hand, you have maybe almost the darkest times we've ever seen in the Bengals franchise. I mean, this is this is really bad stuff we're watching right now. The suck fest on the field today between Colt McCoy and Brandon Allen in the second half was a special kind of crap. Oh, yeah, it was. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's no question. Uh, Colt McCoy has bounced around for a reason. Brandon Allen's a practice squad guy for a reason. Um, God love the fans, that the 10,000 of them that showed up. And that's where... That's where I really think that um, if this season ends the way we think, if you don't do something, how do you get the fan base reengaged? You're not getting reengaged with this guy. You're just not. I've said it before, though. I mean, I guess the only opinion that still matters is number nine. But I'm going to guess this. You go to number nine and go, listen, you know, I know you like him, but we're going to get you somebody that's going to be better and a new voice. And we're going to start fresh. And it's going to be a fresh start for you physically, mentally, all those things. Let's go. And look, he's going to be okay with it. He seems like a guy that honestly, if I went and coached his ass, he'd go, hey, dude, I don't think you ever know anything about football, but I'm going to buy into you. I think he's just that kind of guy. Yeah, and I think if you had a a closed-door conversation, whether it be with him or his agent, and you said, look, we don't expect you to trash your coach, but we're thinking about making a change. We think he's a little in over his head. What's your general opinion on that? I guarantee you, Joe's going to give an honest readout, and that honest readout is probably going to be somewhere along the lines of, you're making the right decision. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the best for the team. Um, Right or wrong, 422-1 and is just freaking ugly, and that's the thing we talked about this year. It it, it doesn't have to be 8-8. and It doesn't have to be playoff but it can't be ugly. And now it's ugly and it's going to get uglier. Another uh, game without a sack for Lou Anarumo's defense. Shout out to those guys and that pass rush. Just yeah, that's it. um. They, they, they now in the last, um, I think I, I've got a stat actually in my fifth quarter analysis. I think in the last seven games now, maybe eight, Rick, it's, it's, it all runs together. I think they have five total sacks in the, in the, in that span. That's, that's incredible to me. They have 13 for the season. That's insanely bad. I mean, and they the, don't even get the thing is, they don't even get close. They don't even get again close against the league's worst offensive lines and quarterbacks. Yes. That, yes. That's the yeah, crazy that's, thing. It's not like Daniel Jones is back there just getting the ball out in point two seconds, you know, like, correct. You, you get some opportunities here. It's a total lack of pride to have as few sacks as the Bengals do this year from that defensive front. Now they've had injuries. I get it. There's been some backups and backups, backups playing in some of these games, but still man, like someone has got to get home at some point. And to me, that's well, another thing where the fact that the, these defensive coaches are still in place and, and the defense overall wasn't even bad today. Heck you only give up 19 points. Uh, it wasn't a terrible effort, but the fact that you can't get a sack is just bananas. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and, you look at, at 97, I, I'm still, I, I've said from the get-go, Geno Atkins just has checked out from the season from day one, and people laughed at me, and they, they said, no, that's not true. He's been hurt. Dude, you got to admit, 
He's checked out. That I cat's totally, checked out. I totally agree. But then where that, that's what I don't understand. Then when I when I say like the players don't respect the coach, where do you come out on a guy like Geno Atkins, who clearly just doesn't care to play but, for this but, staff? But but Rick, I come out on Geno Atkins. Wake up, grow up, grow a set, and let's play. Stop but, being that's the thing for me. And I guess that's the part you're right. If I'm a coach at that point, I'm calling his ass out in the media and going, you know what? He gives no effort. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to be here. And if he doesn't want to be here, he can kiss my ass and move on. I mean, I get, I get it. I'm not saying Gino's in the right. He is still in the wrong if he's not being a professional and going out and performing and, and still collecting the paycheck. But I have a hard time believing he has respect for Zach Taylor when he's given the effort that he's giving when we've seen him give much better effort for a coach prior to this. So I, that's where I come out on the whole respect issue. You don't do that type of stuff if you believe in the guy that you're playing for you have any respect for him. I mean, like, just – from your perspective, because you do a lot of coaching, if players gave you that type of effort, you would be personally offended. By oh, the dude, lack of respect, dude. You know me enough, well enough to know. Guess what that guy would be doing? He'd either be running for me to the point he puked, or I'd just go. You know what? Just sit on the bench. I won't play. I don't well, care. I don't. I don't have apologizing to, to get back on your team, probably to stay on your team. If we're be, if honestly, yes. if it was as bad as it's been for a prolonged period of time. The way has it been? It's been with Geno Atkins. And that's so that's my point to you is just that, like, there's no way you can. can and that's one guy. I get it. He that's that's a malcontent and a holdover from the previous regime. He's not everybody in the locker room, but there are more than just him. There are a handful of guys, at least, if not a bunch of guys in this locker room that just don't care about this staff and aren't giving them any type of effort. Yeah, I mean, it, I, 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 I. I, I will say just watching today, I thought there was effort. I thought that I think that, that's what I wrote for for the preview is is I want to see, you know, what are we going to see from guys effort wise over the last six games? I thought there was effort. I just don't know if if a there's enough talent and B guys like that disappoint me. And, and maybe part of it is maybe he wants him gone. And I, I know they wanted Carlos gone. I know that for a fact they wanted Carlos gone. And again, I go back to that's the disconnect of the front office. You know, if I'm going to coach my way, I can't have these guys. But if the front office goes, well, you got to have this guy, then you're caught in a real quandary. And I think that's where they are with Gino at the moment. They're caught in a real quandary of, I'm going to play you 15 snaps. And if you want to play hard, fine. If not, screw you. And the front office won't let it go. I mean, that, that, again, that goes back to the whole dysfunction of this organization, starting from the old man walking laps around the field down. He doesn't get it. And, and, as a Bengals fan, if you're a Bengals fan, I feel for you because I just don't know when this ever turns or changes. I don't. We're three decades deep into this crap, bro. This is long, man. This ain't three years, five years, seven years. This isn't. I mean, think about this. Somebody who just turned is going about to turn 30 years old um, was born after the Bengals last played in a play, last won a playoff game, rather not played, but last won a playoff game. 30 years old. Think about that for a minute. Uh. From a 33-year-older? Yes. I get it. I get it. Dude, trust me. I don't remember what it was like for the Bengals to be good. I was two years old. And that's where I go back to my initial point of the old man knew what he was doing. Dude was a football genius, a football savant. He got it. He knew how to build teams, build organizations, build years. All of knew how to draft. And then when he died... Guess what? Sonny Boy is it. And Sonny Boy has been an absolute utter failure. And it's a shame. So my only reason for optimism right now. There's I, none. I, well, I agree with you for the most part. But the only thing I do look at is a few weeks ago with Joe Burrow, like heading into that Washington game, we thought 
this team would win that game. This this was not a terrible team. It was a, no, it was not it, a very good team, but it was not a terrible team all of a sudden. And you're right. And they, and they were up 9-7 at the point he got hurt. That's a good point. Right. The drop-off to what we saw today is so stunning, so crazy, that it really does make me almost double down on how special Joe Burrow was because this team didn't get better, Skinny, the last few weeks. They didn't. Like, th- that was Burrow making the difference. The offensive line still sucks. The, the wide receivers out there, and and granted, it's a different situation. Guys have clearly lost uh, the spark and any enthusiasm or momentum they had about playing with Joe Burrow. So I mean, other than other than T Higgins, I thought T Higgins played his ass off today. Sure, sure, the but time, I mean the other drops and stuff that you're yes, seeing to me, that's yes. kind of guys that are just like whatever. Who cares? We've got nothing to play for, you know. Whereas a few weeks ago, I felt like those guys kind of were getting excited about the way things were starting to develop. And I guess that's the only thing if you're a Bengals fan right now to look to is Joe Burrow makes a massive, massive difference. Maybe he really is that freaking good that if they just yeah. give him a little no, bit of help, good call. just a little bit, maybe they can fix this thing for at least a brief period. And that's all you can really look to right now if you're a Bengals fan. That's about it. I think you're right. Hey, lastly, um, I, I have a stat in one of my stats of note in, in the fifth quarter. I do three stats or numbers of note. AJ Green had no catches today. You know how many games wow. this 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 is this year that he's had no catches? Four or five? Three. Uh-huh. Uh, if you want to go one catcher less, it's four, which is fine. Uh-huh. It's not. It's not. It's not much. It's like it's like it's a huge improvement. Think about that. Three games out of eleven, AJ freaking Green has no receptions. Mm. It's hard to believe. I mean, even even at an advanced age, I wouldn't have thought that the year he retired, he would have had three games without a reception. Yeah, he could have walked out there at age 43 and gone, you know what, <laughs> throw me two screens and I'll call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, insane. Do Just you, insane. Do you put that on the coaching staff? Do you put that on nah. AJ's deterioration completely? Do you put it on I, quarterbacks? I, I think a little deterioration. I just do. I mean, the, the ball today that he he dropped, and, and drop is always a relative term because sometimes there's drops in traffic. And the one he dropped today was a little bit behind him. There was some traffic, but I turned to my friend, Paul Daner from the athletic. And I said, 2017, AJ makes that catch. He goes, yep. So does 2014 AJ. And he goes, oh yeah. And 2015 AJ, I said, and he said, you know what? Today's AJ doesn't make that catch. I go, nope, he just doesn't. I mean, some of it, I think is motivation. Some of it is um, he's deteriorated. I mean, there's a little bit of all of that involved. He just looked disinterested in catching that ball in traffic he didn't look like he had the skill set to catch that ball in traffic. And that's where you just go, you know what? Just call it a career, bro, after this, because you ain't the same guy. And I'm not sure you're ever going to be the same guy. Well, that's the crazy thing is like, it's not like he's doing this to the Bengals at this point. I mean, yeah, he's getting his check and they're getting nothing for it, but they're out of the mix. It doesn't matter what happens the rest of the year for the Bengals. So that money's already been spent. He's costing himself at this point because he's oh, not no getting question. another contract. Not, not I mean, at least point. nothing that nothing that matters. You know, I, right. I can't I, imagine I, a team paying him anything more than the minimum right now. Right. I was just saying five, five mil for a year with or three mil with incentives for a year at most. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no question. And that's where, you know, if, if people are going, boy, they should re- Bengals ought to resign him. No, we're done with that. That ship has sailed. Have a good day. Yeah, I don't think that makes sense. I don't think any of the the holdovers should be here for certainly not Zach Taylor if he comes back, but even a new regime that you bring in. I don't think you need any of the old Marvin guys that have not liked the way things have gone the last few years, the Genos, the AJs, um, you know, the John Rosses, any of those types of guys need to get out of here. They, they yeah, can't w- be here next year. When you get out from under contracts right now, get out from under it and call it a day. 
Yep. Totally right, agree. Right. Any final thoughts? That's it. I mean, it's, I don't know what we're going to talk about the rest of the year, but we got through that one. You know what? I might talk about fudge cake and the, the Frisch's mainliner. Cause that's one of Mike's favorites. I'm I'm for that. We can, we can go do a deep dive. Maybe we can get carry out and uh, do the podcast in the car or something while we eat fries and uh, cherry Coke zeros. Exactly. A little crunchy ice and a little fudge cake. And we're all good to go. Sounds good to me. All right, bro. Appreciate it much. We'll be back uh, probably Wednesday or Thursday, most likely Thursday of this week with another uh, regular podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us. For Rick Boring, I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals Post Game Edition.